I've, uh, I've pulled a little bit of Christmas music out myself, and as you're, I like the fact that this is taking a long time because that means, Pastor, that everybody is purchasing tickets. So uh, buy your tickets and, and go to the play. It'll uh, it'll change your life, I would imagine. So, all right. So I think most people uh, most people know that uh, my wife and I we're we're planning on having another uh, another son here in a few months, March, and and that's a really big deal in our household, uh, as you could imagine. That. Uh, you know, having another kid and, and all of that comes with that. We purchased baby furniture the other day, and uh, there's just a, a whole lot that, that comes with uh, having a kid, as most of you know. I've only got two, uh, so I'm behind some of you. But the incredible thing about um, having a child is, is the process uh, of being able to see uh, my wife's belly grow. She's not here, so we can, we can talk about that. The, the most incredible process is the ultrasounds. Would you not agree that... Uh, I didn't anticipate uh, an uproar, but uh, I think the most incredible process is being able to watch this this tiny uh, blob. I mean, I know I realize that it's a human, so I don't, you know, but it's a it's a blob, and it starts to take form. It looks more like an alien for a while, and then it starts to take this human-like form. And this was uh, this was done just a few weeks ago, and and you can actually see. Um, the, the, the process of the baby forming, and the the exciting thing, and maybe the the nerve-wracking thing, is that uh, is that in this uh, in this uh, ultrasound there, they're measuring every aspect of this child. They're looking at its feet. Uh, I guess maybe right now they're measuring its uh, its legs. Uh, they're going through its bones. It's, they're going through uh, the muscles. They're looking at the lungs. They're uh, in a second the heart will come up. Uh, they're going through every every process. They're measuring the circumference of the head and the brain. And it's a little nerve-wracking for those that have been in that that place because they're looking for potential problems. They're looking for uh, anything that they can find. Uh, the good news on this is that everything came out clear and 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 healthy. Uh, but I think that it's incredible to see right there that God created each and every one of us, and none of us. And I, I like to think that maybe God just didn't maybe throw us together like He purposed. Uh, our body and every aspect of it, our arms are where they should be, and our legs and our eyes and our ears. And God ordained our body to function and to work, uh, and everything is just in place. It's not by accident that, that we have you know, ten fingers and ten toes, and most of us do, I suppose, and, and our arms and our legs. God, He created that. And I think that's incredible. The, uh, the title of our sermon today is called DNA. And if you would open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to talk about how the church should function. And in 1 Corinthians, we'll find in just a second that uh, there's a parallel between our physical bodies and the church and how we should work together. And I think, I think that we'll find this to be really, really interesting to see, uh, to see that we all, are, uh, we all play a role here. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Everybody there? Excellent. It says this, The body is a unit though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but what? It's made up of many. Now my wife and I, we have a, uh, a great Thanksgiving tradition. We meet together with family. And we sit down to eat a meal consisting of turkey and dressing and green bean casserole. Do you guys do this? Is this a trend that's catching on? 
And in this process, uh, I, was, I was able to sit back and do nothing and watch as our families all sort of worked together to make this meal happen. And I thought, what an incredible picture of the church. Everybody just sort of jumps in there and does what needs to be done. They do what they know how to do best, and they, and they take care of it, and then we all sit down and we get fat. But I think it's incredible to see that you've got the, 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 the people who know how to cook, and typically they're ladies. I don't want to stereotype, but typically they're ladies. They know how to cook well. Got the guys in front of the football uh, screen, and, and everybody's sort of just doing uh, their part to make Thanksgiving exciting. And I think that is the picture-perfect uh, image of our church. Let's pray if you would bow your head and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you so much that you've created us and you've brought us all here uh, for a purpose and, for a, for a, and you have a plan for us. God, I ask that uh, the words that are spoken from my mouth be directly from you. That, God, uh, everyone who hears this message not hear David, but that they hear you. And that you would take these words, these these uh, human words, and that you would just expand upon them and put power behind them. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, an argument could be made that I'm the most important person in this room, right in this moment. Anybody want to make that argument? We could say that David is the most important person in this room today because he has the notes, he has the message, he knows what he's going to say, though it's a little, uh, little intimidating to consider, but all eyes are pretty much on me right now. Um, I, could, I could easily uh, assume that I'm the most important person in this room. What about the guy running the media? I mean, if we didn't have somebody running media, then we wouldn't have the scripture, we wouldn't have words to songs, we'd be forced to hum the second verse to, uh, you know, all of the songs like we do Christmas carols, right? We start Christmas carols strong, and we get to the chorus, and then that second verse comes up, and we, nobody knows. Does anybody know the second verse to any Christmas carol? Um, do they even have lyrics? We could easily assume that maybe the media guy is really important. In fact, I've been on media the last few weeks, so I think that it's a huge incentive to say that if you run media for three weeks, you get to speak on a Sunday morning. So, Todd, two more weeks, man. This is you right here. Uh, Sign-ups are in the back. I think we could, we could all get behind that. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the sound man is the most important person because, uh, you know, if I didn't have this really cool new microphone and, and a really clear sound, uh, I'd be forced to yell like a Pentecostal preacher and and the back row wouldn't hear me, the front row would get spit on, and nobody would be happy when they left. And, and so we can assume that maybe the sound man, he's, he's got a huge role in what we do. And then we can assume maybe the nursery workers. They seem pretty important because um, if not, all of our kids would be in here, and that would just be chaos, would it not? We wouldn't hear anything. Everybody would just be, like, running around. Kids, that would probably get knocked down by some three-year-old, and, and it would just be anarchy from there. So we could assume that maybe... Maybe our nursery workers uh, are the most important. Uh, but then, if we didn't have the, the great ladies at the communication center to direct traffic and tell everybody kind of which direction to go, then maybe people wouldn't even know we have a nursery. And then we could say the greeters because they're the friendly face we see first. Or maybe the parking lot crew, uh, if we didn't have them, we'd all be parking and down by the sign in the middle of the yard. And who knows? I mean, it used to be crazy around here without parking crew. And so we could assume maybe they're important. And, and then we realize that if everybody showed up and they did their part and we had a great crew in the parking lot and communication center, nursery, media, and then the pastor was here in place and the band, but nobody showed up, then what? So maybe you're the most important. But then you kind of need us too. And so it's a huge revolving thing. And in church, uh, we realize that we all kind of need 
each other, don't we? And we all are important. That's my first point. If you're taking notes or mental notes or however you want to do that, we are all important. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Isn't that incredible? Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. We all play a vital role in what happens here at the Church at Indian Lake. Do you know that? I understand what it's like to show up to church and just sort of slide in and slide back out. I, uh, every time I speak, I think I end up telling the same story. <clears throat> but uh, I was raised in the ministry, and so my parents were ministers. And so when it came time to go to church on Sunday morning, there wasn't a question about it, right? You pretty much go uh, where you work on Sunday mornings when it's, uh, when it's that career. So oh, every Sunday we knew where we were going to go. It wasn't a question. And it was uh, once I got married and, and went back to school that uh, my wife and I uh, faced the decision to find a church. And for the first time in my life, I was probably 20-ish, 22 maybe, uh, for the first time in my life, I had to make a decision on where to go to church. And so we found a church. It was a great church, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than this. They were really heavy into uh, drama and uh, media, and they, the pastor always had huge props and, and big things going on that were, that were visually stimulating, that people were interested in. Uh, the message was a little bit weak, and the people were very unfriendly. And my wife and I, after six months, never found ourselves plugged in. We never found ourselves uh, meeting people. We never found ourselves, uh, we did a few things. I even played on stage for a while. Uh, we got involved as much as we could, but we never found ourselves fitting in. And a large part of that was because of the culture of the church. A large part of that was because of the individuals that made up the body that was there. It was later on in that year that we found another church much smaller. It met in a bar and they were uh, not sharp by any means uh, at the time. They were just getting started. Everything was rough and raw. They didn't have huge props. They didn't have uh, really sharp media at the time. They were still working that out. But you know what? Their people were friendly. And their pastors were much like ours. They were very open and gracious. We were at their house a lot. And that made a huge difference. And that was the church that we got plugged into uh, for several years while, while going to school. That puts a huge, huge importance on you and on me. But that makes all of us, our role, every single Sunday, very, very important. Every single person in this church is important. Whether you're doing something like cleaning the church, can you imagine what this place would look like if we never cleaned up? We would just kind of waller in our own mess. You know, there's probably like 150 bulletins left here every week. We would all just kind of like scoot six weeks ago's bulletins aside to sit down and find a chair if we didn't have, and, and we won't even talk about the bathrooms because that would be, that would be bad. So we could all imagine uh, if we didn't have a cleaning crew. I mean, I just, I think that we minimize some people's roles in church. And we minimize, uh, mostly we minimize the role of the person who shows up every week faithfully. My second point today is that we are all needed. Every single one of us are needed. We're not just important. Because it's one thing to be important, it's another thing to be needed. If you'll turn in 1 Corinthians 12, you can just keep your finger in 1 Corinthians. We're going to stay there for the bulk of, uh, bulk of our remaining time here. 1 Corinthians 12:15. it says this. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would never for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, 
Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would never for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but again, only one body. How chaotic would it be if like my arm just decided to do whatever it wanted to, right? Would that be a little bit distracting if it just sort of wandered around and, you know, it just started doing whatever it wanted to or started complaining? Listen, it is, it is human nature to want to compare ourselves to one another. It is human nature to want to compare ourselves to one another. After all, the only way that we can tell if we have a nice car or if we dress nice or we make a lot of money or we're good looking is for us to look around and look at everybody else, right? How do I know I drive a nice car unless I look at everybody else's cars and I compare them? How do I know that I'm the best looking man in the room is because I can look around from my vantage point and see everybody else and tell. Um, Ronnie Woodard told me the other day, are you in here, Ronnie? He said, the bigger your beard gets, the better looking you get. And Ronnie, I agree with you 100%. Uh, and I'm working on it. So uh, it's human nature to want to compare ourselves to one another. And because we are all so diverse in this room that we find that sometimes diversity can divide us up. We can say, oh, I'm not like anybody here. Uh, I don't fit in or I don't, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't get along with people. I'm just so different that it can divide us up. And we begin to compare ourselves and we divide ourselves up. And that is not the picture of Christ at all, is it? That's not the picture of church. But unfortunately, so many churches... I kind of look like this, or in that fight where everyone's kind of comparing and, and contrasting, and it'd be easy for me to say, man, I don't, I don't play rock guitar like Matt Underwood, so my role is obviously not as important as Matt's, or I don't clean the bathrooms near as efficient as, uh, as, as some of our cleaning crew or whatever. And we begin to compare ourselves, and we begin to decide, how, how do I rank in the church? Well, I'm not a preacher, and I don't play a musical instrument well, so where's my place? Where's my place? And, and we begin to feel maybe... Uh, ostracized or something like that or maybe uh, on the flip side of that we begin to say well you know I really wish I were the guitar player instead of the speaker so I'm going to try to force that and we start to say well I'm not an eye I'd like to be an eye or I'm not a foot I want to be a foot yesterday uh, my wife she bought this coat rack and and I know when my wife buys things like this, she, again, she's not here. When she buys things, I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be work on my part. It's not just one that like stands up. It has to mount to the wall. And I know, I don't even have to ask her where she wants it. I know I could find the one wall in the house that doesn't have any studs, that's not in line, and that is the wall inevitably that she is going to pick. I just, I, I promise you. And so, um, you know, I'm busy. I'm getting ready to leave town. We just, I'm busy like everybody. We all just got back in town. And, you know, I'm, uh, everything's going crazy. And she's like, can you please hang that before you leave? And it's like, yeah, sure. And so uh, I get my drill out, and, uh, and I'm, I drill the first screw in, and I notice that my battery doesn't sound like it's, it's doing real well, and so I go to get the other one, and it's doing even worse. And so here I am with the second screw, and, and I'm getting ready to put it in. As it's going in, I notice that the battery is just, it's done. It's just screaming at me, saying quit. So I keep pushing the trigger uh, harder, hoping that that would you know, somehow stimulate the drill to work. And, and I'm pushing as hard as I can. I have my hand up like this, and, and I think most of you may know where this is going, but as I push harder and harder, it slides off uh, the screw, and, and, it, and it nails me right in the, in the finger, blood and skin, it's all flying, and it's, uh, it, re 
it really wasn't that bad. A Diego Band-Aid did a really good job taking, taking the blood away. Uh, which brings me to a point. Why do adults have Diego Band-Aids? And why can't we find a normal one? So um, my point is, sometimes we try to force our role. Sometimes we try to force it. We try to say, man, I'm, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to feel, uh, I, I might be better at playing the guitar, but I really want to speak, so I'm going to force it, and we push, and we push. And you know what happens? If we, if we push too hard and we get out of God's will, then we end up getting injured. We end up getting hurt, and so do the people around us. What would, what would happen if a hand said, you know, I want to be an eye? How chaotic would that be? We should never think in this room that we have nothing to offer. Nobody. We should never think that we have nothing to offer because each and every person in this room makes up the church at Indian Lake. And I think that's exciting. I think we're a good-looking church. I think we're a, we're a very good-looking church. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, 21, it says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Because every single one of us are not only important, but we're all needed. Everybody in this room is needed. My third point today is that we all have a place. We're not just important. We're not just needed. But there's a place for you. There's a place for you. In, in Romans uh, 12.4, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Romans 12.4, Paul says this. He says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many form one body, and each member belongs to the other. Each and every one of us makes up not just the church, but the body of Christ. Here's the thing. If you're sitting there and you're saying, I don't know where my place is. I don't do anything important. I don't, I don't have any, anything a, a unique about me. I can't speak. I, I can't do anything. There is something that you do, and you do it well. And that is what you've got to bring to the table. You don't have to be up here playing the piano or speaking. or You may not even like kids, and that's okay. Not all of us do. You, uh, you may be able to bake really well, or you may be able to pray a prayer uh, like nobody else. I don't know what your skill and what your ability is, but if you'll bring that to the church, then you'll see God do incredible things if we'll all pull our, our abilities together. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said this, and I love this quote. I've used it a lot, so if you've heard it, it's fun. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets, even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Isn't that incredible? That you may not be able to do something that's on stage or do something that you think is important, but you may be able to do something really, really well. Or maybe you can just do it kind of good, but you can throw all of your heart into it and do it like you were doing something remarkable. And I promise you, if every single person in this room will bring that to the table, they will do their best at whatever they do well, this church will do incredible things for God. Now, our pastor's vision for this church is big, but God's is bigger. God's is bigger. And it's when his people, us, come together and we pull together and we do everything that we know how to do and we do it to the best of our abilities and we get in there and we get behind the vision, then we're going to see God do incredible things through this church. But it's going to take all of us getting together, inviting people, 
running sound, media, getting in the parking lots. Because what happens is when we get a team of people and you can pull in and say, well, you know, the parking lot, those guys are awesome. Uh, you know, they've already got it taken care of. Well, they might get tired. They may need a week off. They may need somebody to come and help them out. No role is completely filled, uh, completely except for my job and the pastor's job. Everybody else needs a break. They all need some help and some support um, in, in all aspects. So we've got to come together and we've got to get in tune with God. Now, I've asked Alan to come up here really quick to to show uh, what it would sound like if uh, if this guitar were, were kind of out and not in place. So go ahead and show us something, Alan. Can you worship to that? Beautiful. Give, give Alan a hand clap. Gorgeous. The guitar is a really incredible instrument. Uh, when all six strings are tuned, uh, it can sound beautiful. It can sound... Uh, just absolutely astounding. And, and there, are, there are men and women who have taken the guitar to another level, levels that we wouldn't even imagine with their incredible playing ability. But it doesn't matter how great of a guitar player you are, if you're not in tune, you're going to sound like Alan behind me. And that's kind of what happens in churches sometimes, is that everybody starts to do their own thing, and they all start to kind of be like the hand that wants to wander around and, and do whatever it wants to, and it just seems chaotic, and it just seems uh, out of place. But it's when everybody comes in and we focus and we get in tune with God and we get in tune with the pastor's vision and we get in tune with what's going on that we see God do great things. Now, there are a lot of different tunings. I didn't ask Alan to tune to anything else because he's about to play for us. But there's a lot of different tunings and some of them are beautiful. But if it's not the tune that the rest of the band is playing, then we find again that it's chaotic or that it's out of place or that it just doesn't match. And it's when we all get together. I thought about for a second about bringing my, uh, I have a sitar, an Indian sitar. In hindsight, maybe I should have. You would have enjoyed seeing it. It has, uh, it has like 25, 30 strings on it. It's a beautiful instrument uh, of, uh, of uh, you know, a lot of great music uh, musicians use it. And, and all of its strings, it has a ton of strings. And do you know what its main purpose is? Most of the strings do absolutely nothing except resonate with that one string plays. It just echoes it. And it's when all the strings are in place and, and together that, that it sort of begins to drone and it makes this gorgeous noise that's indescribable and unique. And, and, it's, and that, the church is the exact same way. It's when we all get in tune and we all get in place that, and we all begin to echo the pastor's vision and, and even more importantly, we begin to echo what God is saying at this church. And we all get in place that we begin to just drone. We begin to just echo. And, and you know what's going to happen when we do that? The community's going to hear us. And Beyond that, our state's going to hear us, and our country's going to hear us, and our world is going to hear us, because we're all together in one tune. And sadly enough, there are, there are, there are some churches that are doing that, but not a lot. Sadly enough, there's people still out of place and, and un, out of tune, and, and this church isn't going to be that way. This church isn't going to be that way. This church is destined to do great things for God. This church is destined to do huge things. And the reason that we do this, the reason that we all come together is my fourth point and last point is this. In 1 Corinthians 12, 26, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part, every part rejoices with it. My fourth point is, we should all rejoice and suffer together. That's the reason we come here together. It's community. It's family. That's what it is. That we all come together to support each other and to love each other. And 
and when we can all get our act together and we can all get together, then people from the community are going to pour into these doors and they're going to see that we're a loving church and we're an a, a accepting church and we don't judge and we don't condemn, but we just support and we love and we take care of each other. And the, and the world is looking for that and they will see it and find it right here if we'll be that. So to, so, to love each other, support each other. We should all share in each other's victories and, and mourn over our defeats. Part of being a community is that we share. Part of being a community is that we share. And we don't just share in the good things. We share in the bad things as well. Across the room, if you would, just stand with me and, and bow your head and close your eyes. Across the room, if you would, just, just bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask that the, uh, the altar team come on down and just begin to make your way down here. Because we want to open the altars up for a couple of reasons. One, you might be in this church saying, you know what, I don't feel like I'm a part of God's, God's body. I don't feel like I'm a part of God's community. And I want to do that today. I want to accept Jesus Christ into my life today. And I want to start that process first and foremost. I want to, I want to join the body of Christ. And and that might be you today. You might be at a place in your life where you're ready to, to accept Christ. We want to give you that opportunity. You might say, you know what, I don't, I don't feel like I fit in uh, with the church members or in my community or whatever. And you might just want some prayer. You might just want somebody to wrap their arms around you and hug you and support you. Maybe celebrating your victory. Or maybe you're, you're at a place where you need someone to just mourn with you. I don't know what you need from God today, but God knows and we are here to help you and pray for you and support you and love you. So in just a second, we're going to open up the altars and, and allow you to come down and, and receive some prayer. Again, there's nothing special about the individuals down here other than they love you. And they want to see God do something exciting in all of our lives. The other thing that we're going to do here in just a minute is we're going to have communion. I asked if we could do communion at the end because nothing uh, embodies the, 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 the church or the, the picture-perfect part of Christ. This is it. Communion is it. It's the body and the blood of Jesus, and that's what it's all about. So we're going to be able to take communion as a family, as a, as a group of people. Now, I'd ask this morning, if instead of just kind of taking communion by yourself or taking communion with just a few people, I'd ask if you just get together with several families, maybe people around you, maybe people you've uh, reach for the same cup at the same time for. I don't know. But get together with a few people outside of your circle. And let's take communion together because we're one body. We are all one part of God. So this morning I'm going to pray in just a second. Altars are open for those that need something from God, that need, uh, need some special prayer. And then also communion is available in the front and the back. Heavenly Father, God, we ask that you just begin to prepare hearts uh, for ministry, God, that you would begin to uh, bring in needs to our lives, God, things that we need from you. May, uh, may we just seek those. May we, we find pride in the room that would keep us from, from seeking you, God. And we thank you so much that you died on the cross, that you sent your son, rather, to die on the cross so that we might, we might be saved. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.